24th, while city workers were outside City Hall protesting, inside Mayor Michelle Wu was announcing a deadline extension until January 31st for city workers to show proof of vaccination in order for them to stay on city payroll. She expressed gratitude to the 94% of city employees who have already gotten vaccinated and the more than 1,600 employees who have additionally done so since the deadline for city workers was declared. Wu said that across the workforce, they are trying to do the right thing and they are giving the workers one more week to comply with the policy as conversations with the city municipal union partners are going well and that they are waiting to see where they lead. The original deadline for city workers to show proof of getting vaccinated was January 15th, the same day as proof of vaccination was required for employees and patrons in gyms, bars, and restaurants. Wu extended that deadline to January 24th and one more time until the 31st of January. She stated that on January 31st, the policy will be implemented and those who have not complied at that time will be placed on unpaid leave. I am so grateful to so many of our employees who have now, over the last week or so, continued to go out there, get vaccinated, get boosted. So just to review the numbers, since December 20th, more than 1,600 employees have submitted proof of vaccination additionally. Uh, and so we are now at more than 94% of our entire City of Boston workforce that are vaccinated and in compliance with the city's new policy. That is a total of 18,270 employees who have gotten vaccinated in line with this policy. I'm incredibly encouraged by this progress and we continue to have very productive conversations with our union partners about the collective bargaining impacts and we are giving this one more week to make sure that we realize that progress. Almost all department, almost every department is at more than 90% vaccination rates across the city. And so a couple examples just to get into the, the weeds on this. Our Boston Public Schools are at a 94% vaccination rate. Boston Police is at more than 95%. Boston Fire is at 91%. The Boston Public Library is at 95%. Inspectional Services at 96%. And our Parks Department at 97% vaccination. So as you've seen, we are giving our employees one more week to get vaccinated. And that means that there will be no unpaid leave between January 25th and January 30th. We're going to continue prioritizing communication with our employees and unions, and there will be multiple vaccination clinics hosted throughout this week as well. On January 25th, Mayor Michelle Wu announced $40 million in funding for creating and preserving 718 affordable housing units across the city of Boston. The funding is from the Mayor's Office of Housing, the Neighborhood Housing Trust, and the Community Preservation Fund. These income-restricted units of housing will be in Jamaica Plain, Chinatown, Dorchester, Hyde Park, and Roxbury. The shovels will be breaking ground on these parcels, which are some of the designated sites for more affordable rental units for families, seniors, and individuals with disabilities, and will help create homeownership opportunities for low- and moderate-income residents of Boston. Providing more affordable housing is a major tenant in Wu's administration, and she says these housing awards being made across the neighborhoods of Boston will make the community stronger and more accessible to Boston residents. Today I want to emphasize that our commitment 
to housing affordability and stability truly is citywide. We are here to announce $40 million in new recommended funding to create and preserve 718 affordable housing units in Jamaica Plain, Dorchester, Chinatown, Hyde Park, and Roxbury. Housing is a human right. Housing is health, it is opportunity and safety and stability, and it must be the foundation for our recovery from this pandemic. There are 14 projects that we will hear about today, including in Chinatown, an income-restricted development next to Taitung Village in an area of the city that is on the edge of a surge in housing costs that is driving residents out and in an immigrant community that has been so important to the history and heritage of the city. We're also going to fund senior housing at B'nai B'rith in Hyde Park, income-restricted housing in Jamaica Plain on former, formerly Boston Housing Authority-owned land, and many other projects that will bring the dreams of 718 families to the city of Boston, allowing for our communities to continue growing and thriving. And in the past, we've been a little bit concerned um, hearing from our constituents here in Boston that affordable housing is something that they have been concerned with um, and just the lack of production on affordable housing in general. And so today's announcement was very exciting because we get to finally see that affordable housing is being prioritized over the other buckets. And we look forward to, again, uplifting preservation, uplifting our parks, um, but particularly now, especially during COVID when so many folks are being displaced um, and just the unknown is happening when it comes to their housing, we're very happy to be able to present these opportunities for housing for folks. And so we hope they apply um, and we just want to make sure that we continue to have access to opportunity or offer access to opportunity for our moving forward. We need to do everything we can to make sure that housing um, is affirming of everyone's dignity, right? And so when we invest in housing, when we invest in uh, uh, rehabbing uh, old housing, we make sure that we are saying to people, to our residents, that they are worthy of having a home where their bathroom works, where they're not dealing with mold, where they don't have to deal with a lot of these issues, and they feel like they are valued just as much as uh, as residents who are able to pay market rent. You know, our seniors who have grown up here and who have lived in the city of Boston shouldn't be pushed out. They should be able to find housing that affirms their dignity and that they can afford. And we saw that happening today with these incredible uh, uh, city funds uh, that are going to go towards uh, senior housing in part and to a lot of uh, our low-income residents who need to be able to find housing here in the city. At the end of the day, this is really about supporting families in Boston and allowing people to have the dignity of a stable home. And this event has really, I think, gone a long way towards making sure that we have hundreds and hundreds of more families in Boston that can continue to stay or come to this city and access a low-income unit that's stable and beautiful. And these developers are going to uh, build this stuff out and, and support families in those ways. On January 27th, Mayor Michelle Wu announced appointments that will fully staff the Office of Police Accountability and Transparency's Civilian Review Board and Internal Affairs Oversight Panel. Established through the passage of a 2020 ordinance, this office, also referred to as OPAT, was created to strengthen the relationship between the Boston Police Department and Boston communities by increasing trust, transparency, and accountability. The Office of Police Accountability and Transparency was one of the recommendations of the 2020 Boston Police Reform Task Force, creating a new standard in police accountability independent of the Boston Police Department. It is charged with investigating complaints of police misconduct, 
ensuring the Boston Police Department's internal affairs review process is fair and thorough, and reviewing the department's existing and proposed policies and procedures. My father was an MP. My brother-in-law was a Michigan State Lieutenant. I come from a family um, loaded with police officers. I've watched good police officers. I know what they look like. But I've also been the victim of violence by police. I carry a scar on my head from when I was 12 or 13 years old that first introduced me to policing in my community. And I don't want that to continue. I want us to be able to rely on our police officers, to be able to trust our police officers, and to be able to support our police officers. So that's my commitment, that I will work towards that, that I will support this committee, this panel, this board, you know, and I look forward to the work that we're going to be doing. I'm honored to be here in this moment with, these, with this panel as we begin to reimagine what public safety means and looks like for the city of Boston. Recognizing it's about being inclusive, it's about ensuring that everyone has access and ensuring that Boston has a quality of life equitable across all neighborhoods. So as we begin to reimagine public safety and the services that we deliver, this, this OPAT staff, these panels and these individuals up here are fully committed to ensuring that a person's zip code no longer is going to dictate their quality of life, ensuring that the, the Boston that I grew up in, even though I loved it, it was harsh, but we want to make sure that the Boston that we see in the future is much better for all of our young people. So for four years, I served in the city of Boston as a street worker in Lower Roxbury um, and in the South End. And for those four years, I dedicated myself to working with young people who were gang involved and serving as an advocate for them at schools and in the courthouse. And so for most of my life, I have been intimately familiar with the impact uh, of what it looks like when we don't center community in our decisions around police and policing. And so today, this is a celebratory day for me. And I would be remiss to also not say that in these conversations around community accountability, in these conversations around police and policing, people who are formerly incarcerated, their family members, and those who have had to bear the brunt of um, the systemic ills of police and policing as we know them today, continue to be underrepresented in our decision-making processes. And it's my hope that the formation of the Civilian Review Board is one step into remedying that and getting closer to a world where communities get to decide what safety means for them and what accountability looks like inside of their neighborhoods. Every resident in every corner of every neighborhood in our city must feel safe, deserves to feel safe, to be safe in the knowledge that our police department will uphold its responsibility to serve and protect. That requires building trust, which begins and ends with community. So with our search for a new police commissioner underway and our appointees to OPAT in place, we are ready to transform the structures of public safety and change the culture of policing in Boston. On January 30th, Mayor Michelle Wu announced the snow emergency and parking ban that was in effect in the city of Boston would end on Monday, January 31st at 6 a.m. Snowfall began in Boston around 10 p.m. on Friday night and continued steadily until around 9 p.m. on Saturday. Boston received a total of 23.8 inches and the storm was officially declared a blizzard by the National Weather Service. Property owners were reminded that they were required to shovel their sidewalks by 10 a.m. on January 31st and that a 42-inch wide path 
free of snow and ice, must be maintained to accommodate wheelchairs and strollers. The mayor asked residents to either assist or call 911 if they saw individuals experiencing homelessness or vulnerable individuals who were out in the cold or seemed to be disoriented. She expressed gratitude to the city workers for having the roads cleared so quickly and to all the residents who checked on their neighbors and stayed off the roads during this blizzard. We really want to um, thank everyone for their cooperation. This is not only a big city effort, residents are so involved as well. We know that it is, uh, it is difficult when there's this much snow, almost 30 inches of snow, to dig out your sidewalks, but we're so thankful that you're doing so. I also want, want to announce that schools will be open tomorrow on Monday. What this means, though, is that even though our roads are clear, we really need everyone's help to dig out the sidewalk in front of your home and in front of your property, especially so that our young people can access bus stops, walk to school, and anyone who is walking around, pedestrians, especially those in a wheelchair or a motorized scooter, can get around. I want to thank so much our 311 call takers as well. We are now um, seeing a very, very high call volume and our, our 301 staff and neighborhood services and so many others, volunteers who have stepped up, have been taking calls for 12 hour shifts. They've already seen 1200 calls come in just today. Uh, we encourage you to keep calling, especially if you have issues around losing heat or losing power, or you wanna report uh, an area that needs a little bit extra help with snow removal or snow clearance but um, know that there are human beings on the other end of the line who have been working very hard for very long. We're very, very grateful to them. As we said, we are still working, so please respect the no parking, snow emergency signs. Um, that's gonna be essential to give us access to the space we need to do our work. This work is gonna be ongoing for days ahead. There is a lot of snow out there, and we should expect narrower than usual roads. So if you are driving, uh, do so carefully, leave yourself plenty of extra time to get where you're going. Uh, I wanna just quickly uh, say something about the MBTA. We have been in regular contact with the MBTA before, during, and after the storm. Uh, General Manager Poftek and I speak regularly, and we're doing our part to ensure that we're coordinating our public works snow efforts to make sure that the buses can continue to run reliably. I can say from personal experience yesterday that the T did an exceptional job during the storm of keeping those essential buses and transit lines operational. Uh, I'd encourage anybody who's taking the T to check mbta.com for any service updates. And as with every other mode of travel, leave yourself a little bit of extra time. Today is also about giving back and helping those in need. And that means taking a time out from watching a football game and helping your neighbor in need shoveling their sidewalk, shoveling um, an elderly person's sidewalk in curb ramp, uh, making sure that our sidewalks are accessible for our seniors and persons with disabilities. This city is about a city that gives back and helps others. And I'm proud to be here with the residents of Boston and contributing to that effort. So again, want to encourage, especially our young, young people and healthy people in this city, if you could give one hour of your time shovel out your sidewalk, shovel out your neighbor's sidewalk, but make sure our streets are passable, our sidewalks are passable for our seniors and for persons with disability and students with disabilities.